0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Fine Asia, host of Main Channel Podcast, and the host of the Source Fine Asia YouTube channel. Back with another one. This episode was a really interesting one. It's a little bit different. Uh, maybe not necessarily China manufacturing-focused, but, you know, business-related nonetheless, which, you know, is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And we've done a lot of different stuff on the podcast, whether it was talking about lifestyle or uh, movies, movies. Um, Business that's not necessarily direct directly related to business in China. So I still think it's going to be a lot of value for the audience. And I spoke to Arjun Rai. He is an entrepreneur that's originally from India but is based in the U.S. And he is a serial entrepreneur. If you look at his resume, I mean, he's done a lot. Like since since he was like sixteen, he's been in college and stuff like that. He's been involved in event planning. He's Worked in the startup world, you know. Like he's he's done a lot of different things, and now his company is based around emojis. I, I was, uh, I mean, I wasn't. I guess I was. I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I was a little bit surprised. So basically, his company, HelloWoofy.com, dot He is the founder and CEO of that business. Uh, initially, he injected his own capital into it, but they've raised over three hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars in VC funding from famous investors like tim draper and uh steve hayden so you know he's he's somebody that has been involved in entrepreneurship for a long time but has also been able to ingratiate himself with with um really really good people uh including nonetheless his his girlfriend who (laughs) made a special appearance on the episode it's towards the end of the episode so I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, there might have been some tears involved, which uh, was a Made in China podcast first. So without further ado, enjoy the episode.
1: I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me.
0: When you meet somebody in a social setting or outside of your industry, how do you answer the question, what do you do?
1: What do I do? So I always like to say uh, what I personally am passionate about and what I like to do on a daily basis is help the underdog, hence the name of the company that we work, obviously we're building, uh, Hello Wolfie, help every underdog around the world, which is aka a small business owner compete with the larger companies of the world who have unlimited marketing budgets, unlimited personnel working for them. We help small businesses compete based on data science. So if, you know, if you couldn't afford, you know, a a high end marketing tool or a high end, you know, dashboard and technology that all the big guys have, well, today you can, and for the price of a cup of coffee every single day. Uh, So we we like to help the underdog compete with the, the unlimited marketing budgets of the world.
0: Nice. And you mentioned your um, startup, Uh, Hello Wolfie, Hello uh we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's start with your journey. Like You've founded multiple companies. Um, you've been involved in some interesting projects. Maybe just tell, tell us about your story.
1: Yeah, so sorry very, very young. Uh, I, can, I mean, as far as I can remember, I've been selling something or the other and, you know, driving my grandmother and my mom and my dad insane. And so I remember from a very young age selling things, I was very obsessed with qu- selling things for 25 cents uh, or a quarter. And uh, so I remember being in India, you know, I was born in India, and I was, you know, Was there
0: any particular reason why it was 25 cents? Was, I don't know.
1: I just a liked, you know, TV, TV
0: show or movie that, that triggered you?
1: I don't know. I just like the quarter and I would collect a lot of quarters and then eventually it got into state quarters, you know, collecting all 50 state quarters as well. So I was very fascinated with the, the idea of selling things for a quarter. I don't know. It might've been a universal currency for me at that point, but I was selling, you know, I was at an Indian wedding and I don't know if you've ever been to one, but Indian weddings tend to use a lot of flowers, but then they get thrown away. So what I was like, why don't, why don't we turn these flowers into garlands? Like those Hawaiian garlands you can, you know, put around your neck. So I started making them after this Indian wedding and I started selling them for 25 cents in India, which I didn't even realize the currency wasn't even the same. I was like, everyone should be using, you know, the dollar or the, you know, the, 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 quarter, in, like the quarter currency at that point, I guess. And my, and my mom was like, what the heck are you doing? And so then we, we fast forward, we were in, the, in Colorado, we were moving out of uh, an apartment and my mom decided to throw away a couple of furniture because we were, you know, moving across state and so we didn't want to lug all of our furniture with us so then i put this giant sign facing the highway that my mom saw on her way back from getting chinese food and she was like why does it say everything must go for 25 cents on facing the highway <laughs> and and then she she came up to the she came up obviously with the chinese food and she was like stop this immediately why are you selling everything for 25 cents go away is it so and then it she she was saying go away to all the people lining up at the door to buy all this stuff we were about to throw out and yeah. uh so it was, it was always fascinating. I was always driving my... Everyone was like,
0: man, 25 cents, that's a steal.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It was like, the, I don't remember what I was selling, but there were some big pieces of furniture. But anyway, anywho, I, I formally started my first startup or my first venture into the startup space around 17, 16 years of age. And uh, it was an ad network we were working on. And then I got into a social media agency because I loved the radio business and coming out of the radio business from high school. Uh, it, it just fascinated me what you could do in, in the communication advertising uh, or, or world overall. So I started, decided to launch a social media agency, moved to New York, convinced the dean of the university that I was uh, eventually going to just before I you know, came to college that he should give me one year of full ride. It turned into three years of you know, scholarships and grants that uh, helped me not only you know, obviously excel as an entrepreneur, come to New York and you know, live the dream, which is making it in New York. But I also helped him build an incubator and a startup incubator, uh, Center for Entrepreneurship Studies at the university so other young entrepreneurs could learn, not only from me, but you know, many of the mentors and the investors that we were working with. Uh, and then as a result of the agency, I figured out that collaborating with other people really sucks for creative individuals, mainly when it comes to project management or task management in general. And so you're using a lot of clunky tools, like uh, Asana and you know Microsoft Project and things of that nature, but it's like it's kind of like giving you a blunt knife, and if you're a professional chef, you wouldn't be very happy. So we wanted to solve the problem of collaboration. Unfortunately, we built technology that was so forward and so futuristic that we <laughs> kind of ran out of cash and we didn't find product market fit. But the whole idea was to build an infinite canvas on, uh, in an iPad uh, first and then bigger screens as they were getting bigger and bigger and cheaper and cheaper. Um, we were anticipating that would happen in the next couple of years. Unfortunately, we ran out of cash. But the idea was if you and I you know, wanted to work on a project, all we'd have to do is almost like move two cups on a table together and like two avatars and we'd form a team. If I want to share files with you, I could, you know, take that post-it note or the pile of post-it notes and pieces of paper on my desk, which again, this is all virtual. I can swipe it to you, or you can swipe it to me and you can annotate and you know delegate the task of reading the post and you know annotating it, whatever that may be. So it was a very visual. Tool, unfortunately, it was very early. It was almost like prezi for project management, and so then I was looking for my next thing after we had, unfortunately, had to shut that company. that was a a lot of lot of lessons about you know who you should be raising capital from, who you should be bringing on the team, and uh, and things of that nature, and and definitely we could talk about you know hiring and and culture and all of those things. But in the next company, what I wanted to solve the problem with now was that creative marketers or visual storytellers, they don't have a means of automating their marketing storytelling capabilities. So obviously you have highly respected companies like Hootsuite and Buffer taking care of the low end, the beginning stages of social media management or marketing management in general. But then you have the high end tools like Radiant Six, which is AKA Salesforce Marketing Cloud or Sprinkler and Social Flow. But while they give you too much information for a small business owner, they don't really help you with the information you really need to become a better marketer. And they cost a fortune. they cost anywhere from fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year in licensing fees, not something that a small business owner would be able to you know obviously be able to afford. But even if they could afford it, it again, going back to the you know the whole motto of, uh, of visual storytelling and creative marketers is that they should not be using clunky tools that doesn't make sense to the nature of their work. Again, we, as a collective you know in industry. We wanted to make sure that we were, you know, we didn't give blunt knives to, you know, marquee chef, uh, you know, chef owners of restaurants and, and and make them frustrated. And so we wanted to build tools that were not only visual, uh, Hello Wolfie is highly visual, highly color driven, but at the core of it, it's entirely AI driven and data science driven. But it's so simple that I can assure you, your 10 year old influencer can be off to the races in no time. Nice.
0: So I want to touch on that a little bit more, but uh, you said you were born in, in India?
1: Yeah, New Delhi. Um, and we moved to uh, the US uh, in the Chicago area when I was roughly about four or five years of age. Yeah, I
0: just asked because I mean, I was I was born in, in Zambia, Southern Africa, and and mm. I moved to the States uh, when I was 10, and then then eventually Canada. So it's kind of always find it interesting um, to see, you know, people that moved from another country to, to the West, and then you know there seems to be a high proportion of those people that become entrepreneurs um, correct
1: and, and we were moving every six months like I, I did first grade in I think two or three cities at one point because you know my dad was getting new projects, you know the immigrant life uh, he, he, as you can imagine we were, he was getting new projects every couple of months so mm. we were we were pretty much you know on the road pretty often and then finally we settled down in New Jersey, and uh, as of about eight or nine years ago, I eventually moved to New York.
0: Makes sense. So going back to Hello Ufi. So tell me as a, for example, as a somebody who's running a, a sourcing company, my, my mm-hmm. clients are based in the U.S., uh, mostly in the U.S. and Canada, you know, we've struggled with managing social media. Mm-hmm. Um, how, if I was, if I was getting started on the platform, how would that work?
1: Yeah, it's a great, great question. And here's the deal. Uh, the small businesses that are most affected today They make small businesses overall make up a huge chunk of the jobs that are created, not only in this country, but many countries around the world. And that's something that, you know, I feel obligated to make sure that I'm helping other business owners. And I'm sure you do the the same as well when it comes to giving advice and giving resources and, you know, just helping out the, the fellow founder. And so, you know, to that end, I'm happy to, you know, if anyone reaches out to me, Arjun, A R J U N at HelloWoofy.com, I'm happy to give resources, happy to give you a license if you need, if you can't afford, you know, a, a, our currently very low pricing, which is $49 a year uh, for a lifetime. Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to help you get online and succeed. But uh, when it comes to sourcing, I mean, one of the things to keep in mind, and that's something that we've been really focusing on as a data science company is the use of emojis in social media in fact in email and newsletters very similar out, you know outcomes a couple of months ago what happened was adobe which is highly respected in the industry they and many other companies came out with a research report that outlined the use of emojis actually uplifts or causes an uplift of more than you know double digit essentially when it comes to uh, you know getting more engagement and getting more purchase intent so for example i'm going to read a quick excerpt from the emoji trend report by adobe which is from july of last year emojis can unlock business opportunities from ordering dominoes by simply texting a pizza emoji emoji or disney's as told by emoji stories brands are looking to capture consumer attention in unique fun ways with emojis Notably, over half, specifically 58% of emoji users are more likely to open an email, which now there's the email emoji, from a brand that has an emoji in the subject line. Nearly half, 44%, of emoji users are more likely to purchase products advertised using emojis. Surprisingly, a majority, 64%, of users, uh, emoji users are willing to make a purchase with an emoji, most likely purchasing meals, which is a taco emoji, 19% movie tickets and the movie ticket uh, you know movie ticket uh, emoji there 15% and clothing which is 13%. Now this is we're just getting started. We've analyzed over 150 million conversations at Hello Woofy to make sure that we're giving you programmatic recommendations that are not only contextually aware but have been shown to be used with one another in terms of which words will do well with which emojis, which will do well with other hashtags. All you have to do is start typing. And it'll not only complete the sentence and the word for you, almost like Gmail Smart Compose, just below, we'll give you the recommendations that are relevant to what you're typing in terms of emojis and hashtags. And if you upload any photos, we'll figure out what's happening or what is in the image as well. Like for example, t-shirts, or a you know, fashion you know, brand is, is being advertised in the image. We'll figure all of that out and give you relevant hashtags as well. So these are all ways that companies, especially you know, companies with tangible goods, not just services, they can get ahead of their competition by going along with the trends and actually beating the trends in terms of, you know obviously it it's a trend, but getting ahead of it, using the right emojis, using the right you know, wordings, the right hashtags, the right images. These are things that are very simple but unfortunately, small businesses don't have a lot of time or the know-how or the resources to go after this. And that's actually why we built Hello Woofie is to help the underdog, help people have a fighting chance with a categorically new product, not just another Hootsuite, but a Hootsuite built from the ground up with data science at the core of it.
0: So I guess, uh, I mean, from, from B2C, I mean, it sort of makes sense using emojis, but I think one of, one of the things that people would be thinking is, well, you know, do other business owners really take another company seriously that has emojis in their in their messaging and things like that? What What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, no. This I was mean.
1: the this was the kind of conversation we were you know, we were having almost a decade ago, right? Um, you know, when it came to uh, when it came to hashtags and or and, and before hashtags, you know, people were not taking seriously Facebook. You know, if you remember, Facebook had a very hard time. I mean, if you watch the movie itself, it kind of obviously you know makes it more dramatic, but if you If you think about the the use of social media or, or just hashtag in general, that took a learning curve. But the fact of the matter is those who took advantage of it in the early days i mean case in point if you't if you didn't take advantage of Instagram in the early days, you were definitely way behind when Facebook came along and acquired Instagram right and that kept you know that caused a huge trajectory up in terms of uplift. And early partners in the advertising program that you know Instagram was running, uh, and same thing with TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, we just integrated TikTok into Hello Woofy. You're really missing out on core functionalities that will kind of dictate how business is done in the next couple of years. One of my friends, uh, Chris Messina, he's uh, he's attributed as being the founder of the hashtag because uh, he you know he was definitely a huge. Uh, Advocate of using hashtags, and Twitter wouldn't take him seriously in the early days. So what ended up happening was Twitter started acquiring companies that you know were predominantly developer you know driven. And the developers themselves were building products that use hashtags in them. And so you know, soon, uh, soon everyone on Twitter was using hashtags to find each other and find correlated content and things of that nature. And brands started using that to you know, make sure that people and their customers were finding you know, their content. It's, it's how it starts. It starts slow and then there's a snowball effect emojis, that's one of the reasons why we're spending a lot of capital on the data science and our AI around uh, linguistics, specifically which words do well with other words, but also which emojis tend to do well with other emojis based on sentiment, based on context. We're giving you the tools that you need to be taken seriously to your point and question, because at the end of the day, those who think you may be a joke or may not be taking you seriously, that's fine, because they're probably going to not have an impact the, nearly the, the level of impact that you will, when you're going along with the trends, following the trends, and to be honest, you might be making your own trends, but the early adopters, the, the customers who are really your, your biggest fans, they will see you making the effort to get ahead and they will, in my opinion, they will fall, go along with, the, uh, with you on the journey.
0: What are the other common misconceptions people have around this business and, and social media marketing in general?
1: Well, people try to think that, you know, you can set it and forget it. And a lot of our competitors say, oh, you know, this were a true automation company. All you have to do is set it and forget it. And to that, I, I always, uh, you know, chuckle because... At the end of the day, social media platforms don't want robots talking to robots, right? They want authentic individuals. Uh, they want real people having a conversation with one another. They want eyeballs on the website so that they can sell ads. They, they don't want people to set it and forget it. Um, and in many cases, some tools that don't even follow the terms of service, like, for example, Twitter, last year they came out and they said you know if we detect the same or similar content coming out over and over again not just from one account you own but multiple accounts that you own and they're they're pretty slick about figuring out which accounts you own they will not hesitate to warn you and then eventually you know ban or delete your delete your account because they don't want spam on on social media so I, i always laugh when our competitors are like you know you can just you know automate your entire post and have this coming out every single day every single week, and you know you don't have to ever come back and check the platform well, that's not entirely true, and that's actually not setting up an ecosystem that is vibrant and healthy for small business owners, especially um, who may be getting in trouble because of that mindset. What you need to do and what you can do in our platform is yes, you can automate your schedules and campaigns you know in ahead of time, but one of the things that we also do is tell you how similar and this is unique to our platform, Uh, how similar is your content to something else you posted on other social media platforms, as well as other content you have in the library, which is where all your content is being stored on HelloWoofy.com, and we're continuously analyzing it to give you better suggestions using AI. That capability itself allows you to say, oh, maybe I've been talking about too much about recipes, but my followers, what the data says is they want to learn more about becoming a vegan, you know, a vegan consumer. Or maybe I need to, you know, make my portfolio of content. Think of it like trading. You need to make your portfolio a lot more uh, balanced. And but with any other tool, if you just set it and forget it. Well, you know what, your customers and followers may forget you at that point. So you need to be very conscientious of how you talk about your your brand, how you you know set up your campaigns, how you set up your you know your content strategy. And at the end of the day, as soon as you start typing in our platform, we'll suggest the right words for you. You have full authority to ignore the suggestions using the artificial intelligence, but the means to you know have that assistance itself. Means you have almost like a twenty four by seven advertising agency working for you at your fingertips, suggesting content, curating content without you even realizing it.
0: Definitely sold. Nice. (laughs)
1: We have a $49 a year lifetime deal and we're, you know, we're, we're giving away, we, you know, we want, you know, people to use the product and give us feedback. In fact, here's our promise. If you have a you know, feature that you really need and really want for your business, share it with us in our Facebook group called Content Masters by HelloWoofy. Every one of your, you know, uh, viewers and, and listeners are welcome to join on Facebook. Uh, tell us what you want, you know, what's working, what isn't working. Well, we're an early stage company. We just launched a couple of months ago. And, uh, you know, we've done nearly $120,000, $130,000 in sales in a very short period of time. But, uh, you know, I understand what it takes to get to this point. You know, our company nearly died 15 times. And, you know, thank God the universe sent the right kind of people, the right kind of capital to us. We were on a TV show, which we are, you know, going into the finals now as well in terms of the competition. Uh, Tim Draper, who's a billionaire, is now an investor in our company. And he runs the, he, he, that's his show called Meet the Drapers you just have to stick with it. You just have to keep going. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know.
0: So uh, speaking of investment, um, obviously this isn't the first uh, startup that you founded. Can you yep. just talk about like your process in terms of how you approach securing funding for, for your ideas?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. For some reason or the other, we've we just we've always surrounded ourselves with the right kinds of people and, and uh, the universe just has a very unique way of putting the right kinds of, you know, people in front of you when the time is right. Um, I definitely believe in the law of attraction. If your you listeners have ever listened to, you know, The Secret or have read the book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich, um, I definitely believe mindset is incredibly important for any entrepreneur, any founder, especially under the, you know, the pressure and the and the situations that we all oftentimes find ourselves in. But uh I think at the end of the day, it's important to make sure that mindset, you know, you, you keep using that mindset to build opportunities to then find the right kind of capital sources. Like, so in our case, we were actually asked to be on a TV show, which obviously I mentioned Meet the Drapers. We were actually rejected the first time around. They, you know, they, they, they thought that we needed to work on our pitch a little bit more and blah, blah, blah. Eventually, in a couple of weeks, they had to call us back, and they were like, "Hey, we have a couple more slots do you do you are you willing to come back on the sh- are you willing to come back for you know to join us on the show?" And I was like, "Heck yeah." And my mom actually had just passed away a couple of days before that and uh, or actually a couple of weeks before then I was and uh, and we were in a in a in a very different mindset at that point, point. and I was like, "No, I have to get back up and I have to build this business no matter what because I had put in one hundred and seventy thousand into a company, my girlfriend had put in some capital as well just so that we could put food on the table for our developers. And out of nowhere, the show happened, and the show was actually working along the side of a equity crowdfunding uh, platform called Republic. So obviously, uh, that allowed us to raise capital not only from our, you know, the public, but also our customers. Uh, and so we just ended that campaign about two weeks ago. We raised about 400000 uh, $400, dollars in funding. We're going to be launching another campaign very soon on Republic as well. And uh, and it was great because you know that that kind of That's a different way of raising capital and a different, you know, means of raising capital, which I was not used to. But despite the COVID-19 situation, we were actually raising a lot more capital week over week, or we were raising a lot more, uh, you know, we were making a lot more money week over week. Than most of the people that i know of in the in the startup community especially those who are trying to raise traditional capital so not only with social media you want to be an early adopter with equity crowdfunding platforms like every business every industry has an early adopter and to your earlier point you know of small businesses you know leveraging social media and getting on there well yeah you should have been on there last week because your competition is but as far as equity crowdfunding is concerned I mean, I think I should have raised capital, you know, a year ago. Um, but, you know, obviously you want to be ahead of the curve. You want to be strategic and be an early, early adopter as much as you can in different uh, industries uh, so that you can be, you know, take advantage of that tool or that platform before your competition does.
0: You mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of issues that you'd had. You said your business almost died 15 times. Can you talk about some of the early struggles that you had and how you overcame them?
1: Yeah, it the, the hardest in my opinion and I'm sure your listeners can uh, you know connect with this as well is when you have to fire people you 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 love and uh, who've been with you for a very long time. Um, and the the reason I say that is because at the uh, a couple of uh, about 2 years ago I ended up having to fire my co-founder who was a friend of almost 6 years. Bad culture fit, then you know, not Not a good, you know, mentality when it comes to the level of mindset. Talking about mindset earlier, that was required to build a company, especially under the stress that you know a founder goes through. And then, unfortunately, uh, you know, just before that, I had to fire my CTO as well, who was a recommendation by one of our investors, um, our second largest investor at that point. Today, I'm the I'm the largest investor in the company, and so that's hard too, right? Having to fire someone who's a friend of one of your investors, you just have to suck it up and just move on and the mindset that we had you know was that we're going to make this work no matter what because small businesses around the world deserve a better solution and they deserve to have a fighting chance when it comes to owning and actually succeeding on social media and in marketing digital marketing in general uh, we're just getting started with social by the way we're, we're going we're going to be introducing a lot more tools this this year uh, to help small businesses in all facets of digital marketing so that was, that was hard, right? And so with 10, $12,000 in the bank, we, we had, you know, literally a couple of, we had a couple of weeks left. And, you know, one thing led to the other, I was able to fill, you know, pick up a full time job, in which I was doing, obviously, nine to five. And in the early, you know, morning hours from, you know, 5am to 7am or 8am, I was working on the company. And then after I got back from work, I was working on the company, then, you know, into the you know late hours as well. We did it for a year, and we built the product. We, you know, we were able to fund the product. I put in all my salary into it, all my savings into it. I put in almost sixty-five thousand dollars in credit cards into it. My girlfriend was able to help us, give it, you know, putting in ten thousand as well. And so, all in, we, you know, we were able to put in about one hundred seventy thousand dollars into turning the company around. Like I said, you know, we we were able to do one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty thousand dollars of sales just in five, six months, and you know, in the last five, five or six months, and. There were definitely periods where we were like, "Holy crap! We are we? How are we gonna? How are we gonna make this work?" But uh, today, it's it's working, and we're growing every single day. We're, we're generating revenue every single day. We're you know bringing on hundreds of clients every single month, and uh, and uh, like I said, we're going to be doing another equity crowdfunding as well with a huge announcement coming out in a couple of weeks, actually, uh, and I'll keep you uh, keep you updated on that.
0: So you think like when, you know, you had to go through this situation where you have to get a nine to five to help fund the business, do you, I think a lot of people in that situation might stop or, you know, kind of give up. Do you think it's what kept you going during that time period? What was your mindset? What were you thinking during that time period?
1: Yeah, So the the mindset for me, I don't often recommend it, but it's the mindset that, you know, you have to do whatever it takes to, to make it work, uh, whether that's putting health on the backseat, your financial health on the backseat, I, I went in all in, like I was sleeping like some nights I was not sleeping at all. And so I, 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 just, I, recommend this with a, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, you have to figure out your family situation. You have kids or not. You uh, have, yeah, Not
0: not everybody can be Gary V. Right, so.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So you want to take it with a, take it with a very fine Himalayan grain of salt. Um, and, uh, and, and so you have to be careful, but, uh, you, as with any, any business, you want to make sure you have surrounded yourself with people who are you know, willing to pick you up when you need, you know, when you need it most, they're able to help you when you need it most. They, you know, you have friends and, uh, you know, mentors who can, you know, uh, mentor you and suggest, you know, resources and things of that nature, because it, it, you can build an entire business on your own. Uh, it takes, it takes people, it takes, you know, uh, uh, a lot of hustle to do it. So if you can get past that hurdle, then it's all about mindset. You know, do you have the mindset to push yourself through the thick and thin of what it takes to find capital, to, you know, work with the engineers, uh, you know, in different time zones? Our engineers are in, you know, t- different time zones around the world. Like basically someone or the other is working around the clock, but also that means I'm not sleeping around the clock. Um, and so just keep in mind that you're playing the long game, right? One of the, one of the quotes that came up yesterday that Jeff, um, I was reading this article uh, by, by a friend of mine, and one of the things that he said in the article, uh, let me just find it here from Jeff Bezos, is that you need to have a long-term, long-term approach to when it comes to uh, building a business. So here's a quote. If everything you do needs to work on a three-year time horizon, then you're competing against a lot of people. But if you're willing to invest on a seven year time horizon, you're now competing against a fraction of those people because very few companies are willing to do that. Just by lengthening the time horizon, you can engage in endeavors that you could never otherwise pursue. Jeff Bezos, co-founder or founder of Amazon. So if you have that kind of mindset and you're willing to go all in and you're willing to work uh, you know, odd hours a day and you know, find capital, whether it's from a full-time salary position and then working on the business or you know, racking up your credit cards, whatever you do, obviously consult a financial advisor. But uh, well, if, you're, if you're good with all of that, then, then it's all about you know, how much hustle and, and passion you put into a project because that will compound itself a year or two from now. The efforts that we're seeing and the, the fruits that we're bearing today we started this effort over a year ago and you have to be playing the long game because if you don't, if it's almost like a stock market, you can see quick results. There is no such thing as quick results. You have to be in it for the long, long game. Even if you make a couple of dollars, you know, b- b- between just you know, tra- trading as a day trader, you're only going to make thousands of dollars by making thousands of trades. You're only going to make millions of dollars by making millions of trades. It's a compound effect that you need to be aware of and conscientious of uh, when it comes to building a business. And that mindset is super critical for that.
0: I see some parallels there. Like when I first started Source Fine Asia, my, my sourcing company, I was teaching English in China at the time and, uh, and I was also studying Chinese. So I would basically go for Chinese classes, Mandarin classes from, and I had to travel an hour from my apartment to, to mm-hmm. school. So I'd go, I'd wake up at six, I'd leave around 6.45, I'd be in class by 745 and then I'd end up in class from seven forty five till twelve and then I'd go teach English from around twelve thirty one till nine PM and then from yeah. you know nine thirty, ten PM I'd work on, on Source Finasia, Asia you know, till two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning and press repeat, you know, for, for months. So there's definitely an aspect of like especially what you, you mentioned in terms of uh sacrificing something, whether it's financial health or Sometimes your physical health, you know, sacrificing sleep, sacrificing your friends. Because at that time period, a lot of my friends were going out. A lot of them were trying to invite me to places. And I was like, no, I got to go home. I got to work. And it's like, I was just doing that for months. I lost friends, you know. So,
1: and by, and by the way, take a moment to pat yourself on the back. Because that mindset is what builds the GDP of a country. That's what hmm. allows your neighborhood or your community to, you know, have more thriving businesses, talking about local and small businesses, people don't realize it, but every little effort that you make or I make or any of the other small businesses make around the world, it has a huge effect, a compounding effect. In fact, that you will not probably see immediately, but 10 years from now, or even five years from now, you will see the benefits of that, whether it's hiring more people, Putting more capital and taxes back into the economy or helping more people you know in, in my case, you know helping more small businesses do digital marketing using artificial intelligence you know all of that will not only give you karma points but it'll give you your your community will will thrive as well.
0: yep, so uh, yeah, I think super important to have the long term perspective like I think uh, one of the issues as well this day and age because everybody wants to make money very quickly and start their companies and become a millionaire within two or three years um that is i think most people right now at least well, or two most, and
1: three seconds <laughs>
0: Oh, two two or three seconds exactly i think most people don't think about it as a long-term thing like um everyone wants to make their money immediately
1: yeah, yeah. And and by the way, I love to continue this discussion, you know, over email, if anyone wants to continue, because this is what fascinates me is, how do you use history? Because I love seeing history, because uh, I know history repeats itself. How do you use the lessons of our ancestors to make better decisions as business owners today, and help future business owners, the next generation make better decisions as well? Because we do build everything we do on the shoulders of giants. And if you want to you know, expand in space, if you want to expand in sourcing, or you know, technology stars, whatever that may be, there is something to be learned from history. And it's just different people, different players, different stories, but same outcomes.
0: So we talked about the, the struggles that you overcame. What about your successes? What, what would be one of your biggest successes so far with the company?
1: Huh, that's interesting um well as of 6 months ago we didn't know where we were going to be uh in 6 months in terms of we had just landed our our first major partnership with AppSumo uh to go to market we were just you know polishing up our our product and uh we 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 <laughs> we knew there were there were you know issues with the product that you know we needed to work on but you know at some at some level i think a personal success Is getting over the mindset of you know perfecting every little detail and being okay with shipping an MVP which is a minimal viable product so we definitely had a lot more churn in the early days of the company we definitely had you know a lot more bugs a lot more issues but today our churn is very very little our issues are you know very very few and that's because we continuously jumped on the issues we asked for feedback uh, that's one of the reasons why I always you know, ask people to join Content Masters on Hello Woofie, which is a Facebook group, is so that we can, can find out what is working and what isn't working. And in fact, we, did, you know, we also took in a lot of feedback and uh, and continued polishing of the product with new features and new upgrades. Again, there's going to be a couple of huge announcements at the end of this month that you know we're very excited about. And that is f- using that n- uh, new mindset, which is continuously developing MVPs and shipping them out. That itself is, I think, a personal success for me as a founder is not getting uh, so wound up in the uh, need to perfect every little detail of a product before you put it into the hands of a customer. And then second, generating revenue where we didn't, I mean, six months ago, if you asked me how much revenue you're going to generate in the next couple of months, I would be like, maybe a couple of thousand dollars, maybe, you know, a couple of hundred dollars. But we, we blew past that. We... I mean, we've, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I put in about 170K into the company. We've generated nearly 130 in five, six months. Um, and, uh, and, and so obviously that says a lot about the product, the market fit we have, the fact that we raised nearly 400K in a very short period of time on top of that, uh, the fact that we have over 3,500 business owners around the world using our product. That itself is a level of success that, you know, I do have to take, you know, it's, it's step back and say, wow, we, we've achieved a lot, but then come back and step forward and be like, we have a lot of, lot more hustle to do and a lot more work to do.
0: Good stuff, man. You know, a lot of my audience, obviously they, they sell physical products, but a big part of that is people who do crowdfunding campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any experience around that with it, with Hello Wolfie? Like, uh, You know, people that are selling physical products or crowdfunding campaign and how Hello Wolfie could help them successfully launch their campaigns.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing about physical product companies. Like, I mean, you see this on Shark Tank all the time. I mean, there's definitely a clear preference on Shark Tank for physical products versus tech software companies like ours that's mainly because a show like shark tank can do really well by either selling you know a cooking set up you know a cooking kit or a you know a teddy bear or a you know a, you know a kids uh, you know, toy because people want to see the to- you know see the, uh, the 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 product in people's hands around a lifestyle that they that will help them you know kind of aspire to that lifestyle itself and so imagery photography all of these things are super important but the people always are aspiring to a different lifestyle a better lifestyle one that has a lot more opportunities and things of that nature social media allows you to do that with your business so if you're selling a cooking kit or a grill and that was those are some of the products on on uh, on shark tank you want to be able to share images of what is it like if your if your product is in the center of a family does it allow for more community uh, development does it allow for more family time does it allow for more relationships to be built and nurtured does it allow the father to teach their kid how to cook uh, you know in terms of passing on skills and and uh, and lessons to the next generation you want to create content that you then share on your social media pages that is not all about you know Promotional offer 25% off, go ahead and buy this. It needs to be aspirational. It needs to be motivational and inspirational overall. People like that kind of content. And that's one of the reasons why Pinterest is doing really well with pinning boards and things of that nature. People want quick tips. They want quick inspiration. They want motivation. They want, you know, great imagery. That's where, you know, that's one of the reasons why we focus on emojis is because we are all visual creatures. We like hieroglyphics from the very early days. That's how human languages were formed. In almost every culture, there was a form of visual language that then turned into calligraphy, that then turned into uh, different kinds of you know, linguistics. But at the core of it, it was all about being visual. And that's one of the reasons why Pinterest you know, did really well in the early days, then Instagram, then TikTok. And you know, every, every platform that comes, uh, up, comes out in, in the future is all about visual. So you want to make sure on social media, you're always keeping that in mind, everything from your header to, a pro, to your profile, to the avatars on your you know, Facebook page, to the content you share and automate uh, on Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn, LinkedIn, uh, excuse me, uh, TikTok, it's all about video. So forget the static imagery. Now you have, you have an opportunity to create lifestyle uh, videos and talk about the product in a more interactive way and how it can you know, help a business owner or a customer at the end of the day if they have that product in their hands you have so many visual means without you know stimulating the 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 smell uh sense you can stimulate all other senses of a human being and that is what you need to take advantage of on social media and obviously hello woofy can help you with that when it comes to curating creating content finding the right emojis program you know programmatically suggesting you know best times and dates to post um, and there's a lot more data science coming, but again, for the price of a cup of coffee for every business owner.
0: At the top of the podcast before we started, um, you mentioned that a lot of your team is, in, is based in other countries, which is similar to me like we have before I even, I'm, I'm currently based in the Philippines, but I, mm. I was in China for five years we had a, our content marketing team, our editors in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're fully remote. So we have a team in China. We have a team in the Philippines. We have uh, some guys in Europe and we have some, some people in the States. What, what is your setup and you know, how did you go about you know, hiring and setting up your your, your company in, in that sense?
1: It involves what we talked about earlier, mindset. Originally, we you know, thought that everyone had to be in New York, the same time zone. You know, convenience was a huge factor in building a business, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to tell you, that is complete BS. Complete BS. If any founder tells you that, you need to fully, you know, tell them to fully stop and think about the amazing talent that exists all over the world. You may have some issues with in terms of finding design talent. That may be something that you need to be very focused on in certain regions in terms of UX and UI. Because I tend to be very specific about, you know, uh, about design and UX and UI. But in general, there are there are great developers, there are great content writers, they're great product managers, and the list goes on and on around the world. And so what we do is on a daily basis, we work with people on Fiverr, we work with people on Upwork, we work with people all over the world who are helping us with anything from WordPress programming to, you know, I mean, we have our designers based in Mexico and Ukraine um, and you know, other parts of the world as well i mean there's always someone or the other working on the company and that's a huge value add the company doesn't shut down at 5 p.m and then reopen on 9 a.m and the following morning in that specific time zone there is someone or the other supporting customers building product programming the next feature designing the next you know interface that is the benefit that small business owners, startup founders, people who are just getting started, need to realize. And it's not just because you can have people working 24-7, obviously, respective to their time zone, not actually individually working 24-7. But it also allows you to save a lot of capital to then put into things like Facebook advertising. That's one of our biggest channels of uh, you know, driving revenue, driving sales. And so you want to have capital that you can not only use in operations, but you can also use in other channels that you can experiment with to find new traction channels, right? And so it's so incredibly important that you, you, uh, you know separate your team and balance your team almost like a portfolio manager at a, at a hedge fund. You don't want everyone in one time zone to begin with, but you also don't want everyone in one ti- in one city to begin with. You know, have, God forbid something happens you, if you have a distributed team and you have a means to use tools like Slack and Jira uh, for, and Atlassian product for you know, managing developer tickets uh, and Zendesk to manage customer requests that are coming in. If you can automate all of that, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be on an airplane and running your business. And that's the mindset you need to have.
0: For me, that mindset came from the 4-Hour Workweek reading that when I was in college. It just kind of gave me that perspective of like, yeah, we, we can be a global company. We don't have to necessarily all be in the office on a daily basis and and sort of developing the
1: systems around the, the business to allow us to do that and kudos to you for building such a great you know organization and that's the mindset that i hope you are sharing and other listeners on the podcast who are successful and making it um are sharing with other people as well because this is all this is all about advancing civilization this is all about advancing collectively to move forward when it comes to developing the small business community, developing businesses, helping our countries develop as well in terms of GDP. We all have a small part, but collectively, it'll all compound itself eventually in a couple of years.
0: For you as a founder, what do you think has been one of the the best skills you you've learned or developed? And how did you go about developing that?
1: um besides uh, uh you know controlling uh your mind which you know it, it could be your best friend or not and i definitely uh, owe a lot of that uh, success in that regard to the book the secret that we talked about earlier but i think another uh another success is the ability to just be okay with stepping away from your day to day or your 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 Uh, your most pressing, you know, matter at at hand and just stepping away, getting it for a fresh perspective, going, you know, going for a quick walk, whatever that may be to, to just get some fresh air so that you can get some fresh perspective on the issue. Because if one of the things that I used to do is beat myself up until, you know, I I solved the issue until I, you know, was able to fix the situation or find a solution. And I wouldn't give up until I did that. What I is. It actually is very detrimental, not only to your health, but also to the outcome, but as the solution is concerned. Because you may not get the best solution when you're so deep into the into the problem or the the issue at hand. You sometimes are better off just stepping away, looking at it from a thirty foot, you know, thirty thousand foot uh, view, and seeing the bigger picture, and then zooming in again and finding the solution. Because You really can't see where the enemy is if you're in the trenches, right? But if you have an understanding of where the enemy is and where their reinforcements are and where their batteries are, you know, all of that, you know, all of the data points, you can then make a better decision when you're back in the trench in terms of where you're going to fire your next bullet, where you're going to fire your next, you know, your next rocket, because you have a bigger perspective. And that's the mindset that I had to learn because I would be, you know, I would beat myself up until I found the solution. But I was doing it in the trenches with very little data or very little understanding of the bigger picture. And that's why I always say is, you know, everything you do is about the bigger picture. It's about you know, pushing civilization forward, pushing your company forward, pushing your employees forward. They're a big part of your success. And collectively, we will have a big impact and, and people will look back at a gen- our generation and see that a generation from now.
0: Obviously, um, a big part of what you do in the social media, it's all about content, right? So I understand yep. that you, you also have your own YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, and you can see all that, uh, all the links to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, uh, our Instagram, TikTok, all that is on our, on our website, HelloWoofy.com. I definitely recommend everyone join our Facebook group uh, because that's where I can build, I can build what you suggest in terms of features into our dashboard, into our platform. Uh, as well as f- understand what's working for you and what's not working for you because that's, that's why we're giving the product away for it's like 14 cents, US cents a day. You won't find any com- competitor, any solution out, that, out there for that price point. But it's 100 times better. It does a lot of the work for you. That's the level of you know, mindset you, you should be having today is automating the grunt work and then focusing on the storytelling aspects of running your business.
0: Moving into the closing questions, what is the smallest thing you've done that's brought you the largest results?
1: That's a very interesting question. That's probably like the question, uh, you know, a stock trader would love to answer is what is the smallest investment you've made that has given you the most uh, return? Almost like a Peter Thiel question. <laughs> I would say... I
0: stole it from Tim Ferriss.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> Tim was
0: 80-20 principle.
1: Yeah, so I would say... I would say the... Um, Finding the right kind of people to to surround yourself with, uh, I would say my girlfriend is definitely one of those individuals that you know we met through an investor. I was gonna
0: give her a shout out.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give her a shout out. Her name is Millie Black, um, and uh, and so we met in a very weird way. I was so I have a great camera. It's a GH four. Well, I guess now they have GH five. Uh, but GH four camera was the latest and greatest back then. And uh, one of the junior investors at the accelerator we went to was like, Hey, I, I don't have a photographer for our, our networking meetup tomorrow or next week. Do you mind uh, helping me out with your camera? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And so I show up with my camera and I had my electric scooter and uh, my old electric scooter at that point. And I meet her and one thing leads to the other. And by the way, we've sent calendar invites for every date since then until this day, you know, two and a half, three years later, we're still sending calendar invites for every date. And she really taught me about, you know, perspective and she also put in capital like i mentioned earlier because she believes in the product in me it's all about kind of stepping back from your own daily grind and the hustle and 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 bustle letting other people teach you some aspect of your weaknesses and she definitely taught me you know how to improve on some parts of my communication skills or my you know constant needs to make everything pixel perfect and you know sometimes scope creep uh to my own detriment i think the the i think the smallest thing i did was just show up at that at that meetup and and you know just take photographs and you know offer to help and i think the biggest impact has been our relationship as well
0: oh that's nice so i think that's the first time uh anybody who's been on the podcast
1: had mentioned their yeah hold, it, it, hold on one second i'll, I'll ask her to join uh, say hi real quick one second okay. I like Really say hi to Rico. Uh, I just mentioned uh, about how we met uh, so just say hi uh, hello <laughs> hey what 's
0: up i was uh, the question I asked it was like what 's the smallest thing you've done that's brought you the largest results and he he mentioned meeting you I was like that's the first time that anybody's i've done like over a hundred episodes nobody's ever mentioned their their girlfriend or wife or yeah, she's tearing <laughs> up right
1: now I, I i told I told him about the story about how we met and you know i just showed up with a, fo- a camera and obviously 3 years later you've only helped not only helped us with the business but you've uh, you've made me a better entrepreneur <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I love you. all right you're you're going to make me cry too all right good loop <laughs> bye but uh yeah so that's the that, i think that would be the way i would answer that question i think every entrepreneur needs to i think every entrepreneur needs to kind of figure out their own small investment don't approach it like an investment, but almost a small effort that if you just let the universe take care of it, it'll have a bigger impact. As you can tell, I'm very spiritual. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that was a fantastic answer. One of the the best. Um, Three books, podcasts, or blogs you'd recommend people read or listen to if they wanted to understand you better.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, yours is one of them. And, uh, you know, in terms of the podcast, but I also recommend a great book that I I, uh, is by one of my favorite authors called uh, The Closer Survival Guide by Grant Cardone. I think it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite books, because it teaches you how to sell and how to close individuals. Um, I think so I've used almost all the techniques in all of my, you know, efforts when, you know, I'm trying to close venture capital, I'm trying to close a customer. Um, and I've read it over 300 times. Actually, technically, I've listened to it because I have it on Audible. So I definitely recommend that uh, in in terms of a resource. One of the other things I love listening to is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, because I do believe in humor being a huge part of anything you do, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is an NPR radio show, and I guess one of the reasons why I like it is because I come from the radio business, but it has a lot of humor but it's all about uh, telling, giving you information, the latest and greatest, you know, news, breaking news information. I think CNN meets, you know, com, a comedy show. And so that's some, something that's very interesting is, I mean, I have a, I have a very dry sense of humor. I, my, my girlfriend says you have a very much like a dad, you know, a dad joke, a humor, uh, whatnot. So I obviously make a lot of dad jokes, if you will. But at the end of the day, it does help, you know, convey what you're talking yeah. in a different way. Adding humor is being empathetic. You have to be EQ-driven. If you're not EQ-driven, you're very transactional, it's not going to help. Uh, and the last book mm-hmm. I'll I'll recommend is The Secret. I do believe that you know, what, the, regardless of which religion you come from, which part of the world you come from, the audiobook, by the way, I recommend, has really a unique way of putting perspective into mindset. And that is your greatest weapon or not. If you own your mind, if you can control your mind, and you can direct it to put the you know put your energy in the right places you then have the means to to get what you deserve and you you know earn your way through whether it's in business or it's in your personal life it just puts a really good perspective on mind and mindset so those are the three things i would recommend
0: awesome and uh what is the best way for the audience to get a hold of you if they want to reach out
1: yeah so email is probably the easiest which is ar j-u-n at hello woofy which is w-o-o-f-y dot com or you can just google me arjun uh, uh, you know hello woofy or woofy i pretty much rank pretty well in uh, in terms of search engines uh you can just reach out to me on any of the social channels and then mention you know we, we you met a, you you heard me on on your show on Rico's show
0: so I mean, for sure, like uh, we'll link that up in the show notes on the website as well. Yeah. So, June, thank thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. It's been it's been a good episode.
1: Thank you. No, it's been it's been a pleasure. And like I said, you know, forty nine dollars a year lifetime deal for you know using Hello Wolfie. It's not about the money. It's all about you know getting the right feedback. So if there's any way I can help you as a small business owner, whether it's on the social side, on you know finding the right resources around the world in terms of Fiverr and Upwork. Let me know, reach out to us because we, we are all in this collectively, especially in the current situation that we're going through with COVID-19 and everything. Uh, we, we owe it to ourselves to help other individuals as well.
0: Awesome. So as I mentioned, we'll link up everything on the all, all the show notes on the website that's sourcefindingasia.com slash China. If you want to reach out to us, this podcast at SourceFindAsia.com and of course, check out the YouTube channel, Sourcefinding Asia. That's all one word. See you guys next week. My daddy died. I paid for his whole funeral. I get it. I was supposed to. But after that, if you knew what I had to go through, you would understand why I wanted inside that hole too. You ain't even give me a hug or a pound yet asking for money. Daddy ain't even in the ground yet. That ain't what bros do. How you spend your whole life with a stranger you call your brother that don't...